first week of spring training, pitchers and catchers, and everybody's talking about Carlos Rodon. He knows that all eyes were on him. Even if they did sign someone big, that there would be a bunch of eyes on him just because of how bad his 2023 was. You are Locked On Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. I'm Stacey Gotsoulias. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers, join today and you'll get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. With me as always is my producer, Steve Granado. Steve, happy Monday. Happy Monday, Stace. We got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about here today because, sport, of course, spring training in full swing. Position players report today, so uh, there's a whole bunch of things going on. Uh, we have to catch up on some stuff from last week because we were so busy with everything that had come out. Uh, Rob Manfred not returning uh, after his tenure is up in 2029. We got to talk about that. Garrett Cole had a press conference a couple of days ago where he talked about a myriad of things. We weren't going to get to that as well. Stacy, first, the talk over the weekend here has been Carlos Rodon. First week of spring training, pitchers and catchers, and everybody's talking about Carlos Rodon. And it's for good things. Many people, Matt Blake, Nestor Cortez, Multiple reporters are all saying that Carlos Rodon kind of has a different vibe to him here as he enters spring training. Um, he reported all the way back in the first week of January. And the talk of it has been the numbers are looking better. He's physically looking a little bit better. So all in all, good start to spring training for Carlos Rodon. Yeah. I mean, he needed that. And he knows he needed that. He knows that all eyes were on him. Um, and it almost feels like even if they did sign someone big, that there would be a bunch of eyes on him just because of how bad his 2023 was. And people would want to see how he rebounds in 2024 and how he shows up to camp and what he does. And uh, he also shaved off the mustache too, as well. So yeah, looks pretty <laughs> different because of that. yeah, that's yeah. Uh, a drastic change. <laughs> Which is a bummer. I did like the stash. I am. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be frank. I did like his stash. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe the stash works for Nestor, but doesn't work for Radon. So maybe, maybe. he. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> there was an article in the Athletic Stace. Uh, Chris Kirshner wrote uh, about Carlos Rodon. A bunch of quotes from people, and obviously, you know, kind of saga that he's had here over the last year plus. Uh, interesting in here, Stacy. I'm gonna go ahead and throw some numbers at you. This time last spring versus this time this spring. This is coming from pitching coach Matt Blake. Here are the numbers for Carlos Rodon. In his pens, he last year was throwing 85 to 88. Right now, he's throwing 88 to 90. Last year during live batting practice, he was throwing 88 to 91. This year, he's throwing 94 to 95. He was topping out last year uh, at this time in spring training at 92 this year he touched 97 that is a big 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 difference five miles an hour difference on pretty much all of these numbers stacy that's that's huge 
tremendous, just tremendous. Um, makes me feel a lot better about what we're possibly going to see from Rodon this season. Yeah, it's just, again, it's it's a better start. Look, he hasn't pitched in the game yet. There right. haven't even been games yet. Right. But at this stage, for him to come in uh, a step ahead of where he was, like yeah, those are those are numbers you're looking at that he's finishing at. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you're looking for him to be topping 97, 98. Uh, but for him to be there already in mid February is a good sign, especially when you're considering the injuries he went through last year, that he's already pushing towards game speed before spring training games even start. Like I, yeah. I we're looking for good signs here because whether you like him or hate him from a year ago is your own prerogative but it doesn't change the fact that he goes out there every five days. Right. So if you call yourself a Yankees fan, you can be mad at him all you want, but you also better root for him because he's going to take the ball every five days and he's going to take the ball in game two of the ALDS. So you better like him now uh, because you have really no other choice. Right. <laughs> yeah. All good things happening. He's throwing harder. He looks better. The fact that he reported so early and wanted to get this, started early are all good signs and you know again you know that he was extremely unhappy with how last year you don't want to sign a big contract with the new york yankees and have the kind of 2023 that he had and this is all good stuff these are all good first impressions and again baseball is a marathon not a sprint but it is kind of important how you start so this is really really good and like you said you may not like the guy but you need to root for him to do well because you need him to step up and be the number two. Yeah. We had said it last week, I believe right before pitchers and catchers reported that the two most important people on this team essentially are Carlos Rodon and Nestor Cortez, because the season kind of hinges on their health and their performance here at this point. Uh, obviously a lot of things contribute to, to a team. It all could fall apart in many ways, but right. Two of the biggest things that we're watching for this season are the health and performance of those two guys. And when it comes to Carlos Rodon, it's better that you start like this than you start the spring training, you report and go, oh, my back doesn't feel great. And go, oh, right. here we go again, right? <laughs> like You don't want to start there. Yeah. Um, also in that athletic article, uh, Kirshner pointed out, Stacy, that uh, Matt Blake had talked a little bit about Carlos Rodon's delivery from a season ago. We had detailed it out throughout the offseason uh, how strange it was that Rodone had very similar, like scientific numbers of his pitches last season. And they confirmed that they were kind of flabbergasted by that as well. And what they landed on Stacy, according to this article is Matt Blake landed on that. His delivery was a little bit off from 2023 uh, as opposed to 21 and 22. And, and, and Carlos Rodon also himself said, yeah, I felt a little different the way my delivery was performing uh, in last season. Most notably, they're saying that his torso was pointed toward the hitter earlier than it should be, which gives better vision to the pitch. So batters were seeing the ball earlier while the ball was still doing the same stuff. They were mm -hmm. able to see it longer, which, of course, is everything as a batter. Um, so that that's huge. That's that's massive that they're able to identify a problem because now they can go ahead and try and correct it. I wonder if it was that start against Kansas city that he didn't even <laughs> escape with an out <laughs> like borderline. I mean, hopefully we can say this moving forward, low point of his career. 
Like, yeah, that I mean, very much oof. could be the lowest point of his major league career. That was atrocious. It's Kansas City. No offense to Kansas City, but they were not a good team last year. And the way they were teeing off on him in that inning was just, just on top of how bad his season had gone for that to be everyone's last impression of him before the end of a season where they don't make the playoffs. It was just complete disaster. Nestor also called it quote night and day where he was from last year to where he is right now. So again, all these are good things, whether this turns into success on the field is to be seen. We're right. going to have to wait a couple of months to figure out if this is going to be a good thing overall, or if it's just fluff and smoke, but right now, it's looking better. I'm not saying it's looking great. There's still so much to prove. Um, but it seems like he might be up to the task. At least he has set himself up to try and be up to the task right now. I hope he is. And I hope my bold prediction is correct. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> uh, let us know how you're feeling about this in the comment section, guys. Uh, I, I know that there are a lot of varying opinions in the Yankees fan base, uh, not just overall, but even here on our own channel, in our own community that uh, a lot of people feel one way or the other about Carlos Rodon. Again, you don't have to like him, but you're kind of going to have to root for him. So let us know how you feel about that in the comment section. Of course, leave your fan mail Friday questions as well in the comment section. Reply to that pinned comment you see down there below, and you can submit a question for Fan Mail Friday. If you want to guarantee an answer to your question, all you got to do is sign up for the Lockdown Yankees insiders club yes there's a link in the episode description there's a 14-day free trial you get text messages with all roster moves information coming your way nearly every day now that spring training is up and running check it out for 14 days in the episode description all right garrett cole spoke to the media to open up spring training what did he say what's important we're breaking that down next Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. And by the way, in those parlays, you can bet on someone to score 10, 20, or even 30 points in a game. The Knicks and the Nets are both returning to action on Thursday night. They're both on the road, and they're both slight underdogs. The Knicks to the Sixers, the Nets to the Toronto Raptors. And because we're a baseball podcast, your 2024 Yankees are the favorite to win the American League East. And Aaron Judge is leading the regular season home run leaderboard just ahead of Matt Olson of the Braves. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Back on this Monday edition of Locked On Yankees. Don't forget to check out Locked On Sports today here on YouTube. Of course, if you're looking for the top stories and the top shows every day, 24-7, it's called Locked On Sports Today. Check it out. It's always streaming. Stacy Garrett Cole speaking to the media here a couple of days. We had a couple of clips we wanted to get into. Garrett Cole was asked, of course, a bunch of questions, but for this first clip about what his contingency plan was moving forward as he gets older and how he plans to attack hitters. Take a listen. Hard for me to predict the mindset and the preparation, you know, over the last 10 years has been to maintain as much of that um, for as long of it as I can. Now, it's not like 
they don't have a contingency plan. I mean, I think the demands of the game now show you how how important it is to still kind of be creative, to still, you know, continue to fine-tune other pitches. I've won a lot of games being creative, and I've, I've, I've pitched out of a lot of jams with not my number one weapon. So, you know, that aspect of pitching is also on the forefront of my mind so that regardless if the stuff holds or if the stuff starts to dip, I still have options. All these clips are coming from Yes Network, by the way. Stacy, we were talking about this on the show the other day, and this is something we talked about a lot throughout the season, especially when Garrett Cole had his not Garrett Cole type games where he's striking out 10 over six of one run baseball. Like he wasn't doing those types of games. He was having those. Well, I got through five today. <laughs> having yeah. that, like I can still succeed right now when I don't have my best stuff. And I say it all, said it all the time last season. That's what makes an ace. That what's, that's what makes Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole. But we were talking about this just the other day on the show, weirdly enough. Um, is he going to be one of those longevity guys moving forward? Yeah. And it was interesting because the question was asked by, I believe, Bob Clappish. And he said, you know, do you envision yourself like a Nolan Ryan type where you're still going to have the velocity into your 40s? Or maybe you're going to become first he said Jamie Moyer. And they said, well, maybe not Jamie Moyer. But, you know, when your velocity goes down a bit, yeah, maybe not 55. Yeah. And maybe not throwing like 85. But, you know, <laughs> um, it was just kind of funny that he used those two examples. Um, I feel like, you know, you can look to Justin Verlander. I mean, he's still pitching. He's 40. And they pitch together in Houston. And, um, you know, if he just looks at what Verlander has done with all those innings on his arm, and he's still pitching pretty well. So um, I think I think Cole will last. Like he said, because he can't predict the future. He doesn't know how he's going to be. But like I joked the other day on the show, I would love for him to become a right-handed Andy Pettit because he is starting to throw a cutter, which we're going to uh, discuss in a little bit. But I think it's kind of cool that he's adding another pitch to his repertoire to help him out with that stuff. Yeah, I think what I really learned while watching this whole press conference, which is on YouTube, by the way, if you want to go check it out. Um, yes Network does a great job with uploading a bunch of stuff. So if you don't have Yes Network or whatever, their YouTube channel is pretty good. Uh, regardless, what I, what I learned about this, and it's not something I didn't already know, but it's something that you see in a lot of catchers, something you see in a lot of managers, which obviously go hand in hand on many occasions. But you see out of aces, leaders of staffs, He's really damn smart. Yeah. Garrett Cole is just a very smart pitcher. He obviously has the physical attributes to back it up, but he's just really smart in how he attacks the game. And it's something that I admire so much. Um, and I think it's a lot of people who, anybody who is around Garrett Cole, they're always talking about like, man, like that, that's, that's a leader. You know, that's an ace. And it's very interesting um, to learn from him, you know, just to see where his brain is at, how it ticks. It's, it's really interesting to me. Uh, Stacey mentioned the cutter, which he uh, talked about to Meredith Markowitz the other day uh, on that stoop talk we talked about, but he also brought it up again. He was asked about it again during this press conference as well. The inception of the pitch was just to try to give us another weapon on days where, you know, maybe number one and number two weren't, weren't working great. And I had really worked on it for about a year and, you know, including the first half of the season at that point, probably about, probably about just over a year or so um, on the pitch. Um, 
showing some flashes of it being consistent. Um, you know, when you're calculating your probability and, uh, you know, out there in terms of what your pitch selection is going to be, you're not often trying to get, you know, when things are going well, you're not going to get beat on something that's not really sharp or something that's inconsistent that day. Um, now, with that said, at the second half, it started to pick up consistency and it started to become really a viable pitch for us, um, both in terms of the ability to throw strikes and the ability to create the type of movement that we were looking for. And then the results spoke for itself. So it, it slowly moved up the chain um, certain days, uh, especially you know to where it was a number one or a number two weapon for the day. Um, coming into camp with it being at the same position as it was at the end of the year last year is, is exciting. This will probably be the first full year where I've thrown it from start to finish. So. I really like that last part of that answer, Stacey, where he's already like, okay, this is a thing. It became a thing really at the end of last season where I felt comfortable enough to use it on pretty decent occasion. And now after the layoff, after the offseason, it's still in that same spot. So this is going to be a pitch Garrett Cole is using moving forward. Like He is feeling comfortable enough that it is in his repertoire now. So now Garrett Cole has a cutter that he likes to use right after he's he won a Cy Young. So have fun with that, American League, East and West and Central and everyone else that he pitches against. I don't envy being a major league hitter. Like it's just, well, we've talked a lot about how he uses his stuff, right? Especially that fastball. To be able to pair another hard pitch with that. Right. You think of we, we've talked a lot about Japanese style of pitching here on this show. Right. Especially with the Yamamoto rumors for the Yankees and all that. We've talked a lot about it. And what makes Japanese pitching so successful on many occasions is the prolificity, if that's a word, of the splitter. Right. And the splitter building off of a fastball. Cutter has the same exact idea. It's mm. building off of the fastball. And when you have already an elite fastball to be able to kind of parlay that into another pitch. Like that's just a, a, not just a weapon, but potentially one of the better weapons in all of the American league. So he was already the best. And now he's adding something that could be just as good, if not better, because it has potential more movement on his best pitch. That makes it exponentially more scary. Again, I don't envy any of those guys that have to face him now because adding that is just, wow, it's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch (laughs) and it's going to be fun to watch how he uses it. And like he said, um, if certain things aren't working, but that's working, that'll become his number one or number two pitch. And it's just like the sequencing is going to be like, I'm really going to keep an eye on that this season during his starts because I always say how much I love pitching, but now I'm really going to be paying attention to this now that he's added that cutter. Yeah, it's going to be it, it could be a potential game changer for him. And you don't really see guys at this stage and at that success rate adding stuff. You don't right. see that too regularly. <laughs> no. uh, so just watch out for that. We had mm-hmm. one more clip we wanted to take here. Stacy, he was asked about the whole analytics stuff and where he stands on it. Let's listen to that now. We want everybody to be comfortable in that situation. And I think that the more that we can communicate from both sides is going to help. It's something that honestly I, I talked with several of, I mean, Andy actually at, at length about is just how ever evolving that, that kind of gray area on how the information gets there is, you know, we apply the same mindset to that as we do to everything else. We're always trying to get a little bit better. Is there anything in particular that you've recommended? 
not 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 necessarily in particular. Um, you know, I'm I'm just here to give feedback on what what things are going on on the ground and represent a, a perspective that hopefully is helpful. Since we've uh, kind of ad nauseum on the analytics thing and every day is nowhere we stand on that. But at this stage, I think what was interesting there is we kind of get confirmation on how the offseason kind of started. Remember, there was that meeting down in Tampa and right. it was supposed to be Garrett Cole and Aaron Judge there and it was only Aaron Judge there. So it still feels like Garrett Cole has taken a pretty hands off approach when it comes to this kind of stuff. And he's kind of more of like, a, if you come to me, I'll let you know, but I'm not going to go out of my way. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I thought it was interesting that they asked him about it. And I believe the Andy he's referring to is Andy Martino, because I think he was talking to Andy Martino about it. Um, yeah, I thought it was interesting the way he said uh, that they have to do a better job of coming to them. And they also have to do a better job of <laughs> like looking yeah, at them. Like both sides have to come they, together. They some responsibility on it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, analytics aren't a bad thing. It feels like analytics are a dirty word for some people, but they're not. They're they're really helpful. The right analytics are helpful for a team and for individual players and to figure out certain things. And, you know, if they can get everything right, it'll help the team. I'm going to let you know right now, analytics have been around in baseball for 150 years. Well, yes, obviously. But yeah. you know what I mean? Oh. The, I know I'm just telling everybody out there yeah. 150 years minimum. We've been tracking baseball mathematically yeah. yes. more than that. Baseball has like been around for over 200 years, man. Like that's basically Dude. what analytics are. It's just the, the, the fancier stuff that everyone yeah. freaks out over, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you could have said the same thing about on base percentage when it was invented. Like when, I mean, I was so excited when I learned what on-base percentage was. And then when I learned what OPS was and I was explaining it to my dad and he was like, oh, newfangled stuff. Like he just, you know, and then before he passed away, he was watching uh, the Brian Kenny show, the clubhouse. What was that thing called on MLB? Yeah. And he was totally into all the numbers. So clubhouse confidential. I yes. So if, if Gus could have been converted from someone who was like this to stats, to someone who was interested in them, you all can do the same. <laughs> uh, if you want to watch the rest of that press conference, it's about a uh, half an hour long or so, or 20 minutes, something like that. I can't remember, but it, it's on YouTube again. Just find the yes network. Man. All right. Uh, Rob Manfred's not coming back after his term as commissioner is up in 2029. We got to dive into that next. Locked on Yankees is sponsored by eBay motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over excuse me, 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into to the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, and eBay guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers.
Back now on today's Locked on Yankees Monday edition of the show. Stacey, some news came out a couple of days ago that we haven't had a chance to talk about because pitchers and catchers are reporting. So we had to get all that stuff out of the way first. But Rob Manfred's not coming back after his term is up in January of 2029. He kind of talked on a whole bunch of things, but just your reaction overall in general to not seeking a second term. Obviously, uh, Bud Selig was there for a good chunk of time. Uh, so for Rob Manfred to just go one and done is a, a little departure here in recent baseball history. Yeah. Um, he's not well liked by fans. <laughs> and I think maybe, I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Um, because I mean, Gary Bettman has always booed at NHL events and he oh, doesn't God. care. The NHL hates him. <laughs> NHL fans hate Gary Bettman. Loathe him. Um, so I don't think that has anything to do with it. I think maybe he just wants to do something else, but it was, it just kind of cracked me up because, um, you know, I didn't know how long the terms lasted. And the first thing I saw was that he's not coming back. And I'm like, oh, wow. Like how soon is that? And it was <laughs> 2029. I thought, but then again, I mean, 2019 feels like it was, you know, five minutes ago and it was five years ago. So maybe the next five years will go just as fast. Um, hopefully there also won't be another like, pandemic. <laughs> also a little premature, right? Like that's kind of yeah, like, kinda, yeah. Early to be like, nope, I'm not coming back. You're like, whoa, okay. Jeez. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why so far in advance? I don't understand why. Um, like, what's the five year notice? This, You know what this feels like? This feels like the Tonight Show thing with uh, Conan and Jimmy Fallon and Jay Leno. Like, oh, you know, Conan's going to take over in five years. That's kind of what it felt like. Like, why are you announcing this now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, he talked on a whole bunch of things. You can read further on that kind of stuff if you really want to go check up on, on how he feels about where the game is at. Look, I, I'm going to be real with you. Like, there are things that have happened in Rob Manfred's tenure that are good for baseball. And there are things in Rob Manfred, Rob Manfred's tenure that are bad for baseball and that are bad for growing the sport. And look, no commissioner is perfect. Um, I think what I have learned during this tenure so far, I think the biggest thing I'm taking away from it is – I don't know. Maybe I never really thought about it before with Bud Selig, but they work for the owners. And when a lot of things that owners do don't necessarily coincide with the fans, I can only get so mad because I'm like, well, look who he works directly for. Yep. I think what I'm thinking back, and I wanted to ask you about this too, Stacey, what I'm going to be thinking back on Rob Manfred's tenure, the things that are going to stick out to me are some of his kind of propaganda type things he did during the lockout. Mm. There was a lot of that. Mm -hmm. I don't want anybody to ever forget that. If you live through that, just go back and rewatch those press conferences because there was a lot of, remember that first statement that got pushed out when, when it hit midnight and the, the deal ran out and everything disappeared off of MLB.com <laughs> and the, a statement from Commissioner Rob Manfred came out. You're like, whoa, this is weird dude it was really weird but to go from that to we're negotiating in good faith and like all this stuff i was just like no i think what really is going to stick with me the most is oakland oakland is always going to stick with me it has been a terrible handling of the situation and it continues to be to this day it is not even remotely close to cleaned up mm -hmm. and just the way ownership in baseball for many teams has gotten really sour during his tenure that's something i will always remember and i will never forgive 
because it has not been cleaned up. Maybe he cleans it up in the next five years, but it's bad. It is really bad. There is a lot of bad ownership stuff uh, in baseball right now, and I it, I don't see it changing, and I don't I haven't really seen him go in that direction to try and make that kind of change either. Yeah, no, not at all. The Oakland thing is an unmitigated disaster right now. Um, I mean, the fact that the Las Vegas mayor is basically like, don't come here. <laughs> like, it's a mess. Yeah. But like you said, the commissioner really does kind of just work for the owners, you know, and the lockout was a disaster. Like that whole, the posturing and and everything else about it. And then just making, I mean, I get it because you're on one side, the players on the other, and it's almost like an arbitration kind of a thing. Like, you know, when the guy goes into arbitration and the team has to almost cut him down so he doesn't get a lot of money. It's kind of the same thing with the lockout where the owners were like, oh, the players are doing this. And the players are like, but I was on the player side, obviously. And I just felt like there was something. <sighs> yeah, it didn't, that didn't sit right with me. So I feel like that's something that bad that we'll remember him for. Um, some of the changes that they brought to baseball while he was here, like you said, um, have worked well for the game. Uh, but that was just, Yeah. Yeah. When that you're thinking about it, what, what do you think is going to be uh, aside from those? Is there anything else that you think is really going to stick out to you? Like, like for Bud Selig, I feel like every time you talk about Bud Selig, there's like two things that come up. It's steroids and then it's all-star game, right? It's oh. the all-star game of it all. Like that's what everyone yeah. wants to bring up. So like, that's why when I get asked, I think I'm going to be like, dude, Oakland, Yeah, Oakland and the lockout. That's going to be the things that stick out. Was there anything else for you? No, I think those two were the biggest. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. Um, so far. So, well, yeah, so far we have five years left. So who knows? Um, but yeah, Selig with the, <laughs> the All-Star game. I watched that All-Star game. I stayed up and watched it. And uh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully hopefully, Manfred doesn't have anything like that, like a third thing. He has enough time for a, th a, bad, a third bad thing to happen because he gave yeah, us five years notice. So You totally do. <laughs> uh, let us know how you're feeling about Rob Manfred, this announcement. I don't know, early candidates, early candidates for commissioner of Major League Baseball. Feel free to say me. I'm completely fine with being commissioner of Major League Baseball. Paul Giamatti. I don't think the owners would approve that. <laughs> owners would not be very happy with that. Let's get Paul Giamatti to do it, but he's too busy with his acting career, so he can't like there you know you follow his father's legacy. <laughs> there you go. Uh, let us know in the comments section. Stacey, what do we got coming up here uh, this week uh, on Lockdown Yankees? Oh, so we've discussed this a few times, but um, we're going to talk about Austin Wells' chances of making the opening day roster because some things are happening already with him. So that's pretty interesting. Yeah, we'll be getting over that here at some point this week and, of course, covering everything spring training. So hit subscribe. And that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Yankees. I'm Steve Granato. And I'm Stacey Gotsoulias. We will see you tomorrow.